This is The Playbook. Hey, Ron, how are you? Hey, what's up, David? How are you? Happy Fun Friday, brother. <laughs> you got it, man. Well, I've been doing these trainings for over 23 years, and this time of year, I create a ledger. And the ledger is uh, investment versus expense. But a lot of people don't understand the nuance of sacrifice and investment. And if you're not, my mom told me a long time ago when I was in law school and I wanted to drop out because I had to borrow a bunch of money to go to law school. And she's like, David, if you're not going to invest in yourself, what are you ever going to invest in? And I've carried that forward now for over 30 years and teaching people about the difference between investment and sacrifice. And you and I talk all the time about this bank on yourself or invest in yourself strategy. So I'm gonna start off with a simple question. What do you see the difference between investment and expense? And how, does that rel is, how is that relative to this idea of sacrifice and investment? Yeah, you know, phenomenal questions as always, David. And we talk about uh, transformational vocabulary and energy behind words. And I think that the word sacrifice obviously puts, a, puts people in a different mindset that may be suboptimal, right? So when we look at investing, I think the best real estate you could buy or invest in is the real estate between your ears, first and foremost. And uh, getting educated is the key. And a lot of people, until they feel the pain of what's actually happening right now for the last 10 months, they're not really receptive towards getting educated. But now I think as we circle into 2023, I'm seeing a lot of people that are really learning to invest in themselves through education and be able to understand that, okay, if you really take the place and the mindset from savings first, right, a lot of good things start happening once you get into savings and, and, and being able to understand how to create your own leverage and control and make good sound decisions financially that put you in a place to prosper, especially, uh, you know, now in the next two years when things are on sale or on discount, whether it's the stock market, whether it's real estate. I mean, listen, even Bitcoin, you know, and I would never say put more than 5% on a monthly basis into that, but that's gone from 70,000 down to 17,000. Um, but always beware of the kryptonites. These are folks that are just going to tell you to buy any kind of cryptocurrency. I call them kryptonites. Something I made up. It's, a, you know, it's somebody that'll, don't let them in your house. They'll rob you jewelry. But always be mindful of, of the overall planning strategy. And in that overall planning strategy, uh, we have to plan not only for expected things, but how do we plan for the unexpected? So how do we plan for the FTX situation? Or how do we plan for interest rates being hiked up way farther than we anticipated? Or even pers personal uh, you know, things that can happen like our health issues and other things that can devastate our financial strategy. How do we plan for the unexpected? You know, Dave, one of the things I enjoy about being coached by you in particular is the amount of forward-looking and let's call it the, the power of anticipation, right? There's a, there's a pattern to it, right? And I think sober-minded folks that are radically honest with themselves, when, when economic winter comes because of the planning that you're talking about and there's no fake confusion and they're not trying to, to have overnight financial success, whether it's an FTX or whether it's winning the lotto, it's because on a, on a daily basis, a weekly, monthly basis, they're bringing it every day and they create savings program. So when all of a sudden the unexpected happens, the folks that are liquid and have cash, money and savings are the folks that really win in these environments. And we kind of say like, a lot of our folks are high stepping through this through this recession because um, we weren't overexposed in, in FTX. We weren't overexposed in crypto. 
matter of fact that we believe if you outpace inflation and then you have some guarantees around that on certain other products, it's there where you can leverage and buy other asset classes that produce not only cash flow, but multiple rates of return off the same dollar. And to that measure, one of the components that you and I talk about when we're talking about banking on ourselves or investing in ourselves as a strategy is it goes beyond, you know, outpacing inflation or looking at the tax benefits and how to utilize our 401ks and, you know, different asset-based lending strategies, all the different things uh, that from years of experience you have. But there's another aspect that really has helped me over the last 16 years is, you know, I lost everything uh, by not being financially literate, by not asking for help by not finding people like you that sit in a situation that I want to be in. But it was another aspect that I think a lot of people don't talk about when it's banking on ourselves and it's the emotional side. Let, let me uh, give you an example. Let's take crypto, for example, that, you know, I had a small amount as you had recommended as well in the crypto space, just a small amount. And, and now I've been able to, to leverage that when it went up, I took all of my, initial investment out and a little bit of profit. And now I'm playing with the house's money as you, pra you know, practice and preached. And now I got, I got a little bit more in that low percentage. But the nice thing about it is I didn't spend any time, mm. right? I, I didn't spend my time looking at the every single day. I knew my timing and risk tolerance that it was highly volatile and highly risky. And so when it went up a lot, I didn't let it waste my time or, or derail my strategy. And it went down a lot. I didn't let it waste my time or derail my strategy. And I think a lot of people don't look at the emotional attention and intention aspect of investing in ourselves. You know, where do people fall down? You work with thousands of clients. Where do they fall down by not understanding? Look, it's one thing to invest, but it's another thing to watch the stock market for six hours a day and stop producing income. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, for that, what little questions. Um, and I think that when we talk about adversity, it's life's gymnasium. And either folks are gonna learn from it or not learn from it. And I think one of the beautiful things about you is I've never seen somebody in my, and I have some good mentors, you know that, I've never seen anyone in my life collapse time the way you do. I watch you have your email strategy alone, which is insane is an example of not only structure process, but also no emotional attachment because it goes into certain categories that are based on certain person's needs based on how the email comes in. And that translates itself in all other areas of your life. You said it best, you, 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 you lost it all back in 2008, nine and 10. I forget what years it was in particular, but you already knew when it was happening that you were already around the corner on it and you were making effective change based on the things that you learned on what not to do, right? So I think that emotion gets taken away once you learn what not to do and not making the same mistake twice, but some people continue to make the same mistakes when others don't. I think at the end of the day, what we seek to do is make sure folks understand the importance of not only leverage, liquidity, and control, but how to diversify within and amongst asset classes where um, we build out personal financial websites for everybody. And in that space, we want to make sure that there's no junk drawer financial planning, but actually like a system and a process to all their different money buckets so all their decisions are based on logic, math, and science, you know, with weights and measures, elements, and components, certainly not emotional timidity or a gut-level hunch. And I think that's where we look at the cryptos and the, the Bitcoins and all the other stuff. When that gut-level hunch is kicking in and markets are just going up for no reason, I think folks get 
get trapped into a situation where the worst thing that could have happened is they made short money out of it. And then they think like they could quit their day job. You know what I mean? Like I've never so your relentless work ethic every day, every time I look up, you're on a live and you, you're always out there to serve and contribute. And I think, you know, and for all the folks listening right now, when it comes to money, it comes to mindset, the quickest accelerator is to serve and contribute to other people. And you'll be amazed at what happens once you get educated on money and how that stuff just keeps coming to you. Yeah, la lastly, we talk about financial wellness, but a number one non-negotiable, I think, that gets lost in financial wellness is just wellness in general. Uh, what happens is we start discounting or diverting from our true wellness, our mental, our spiritual, and physical wellness. And I always say, and it's probably can't be said enough, you know, when you're healthy, you get as many wishes as you, nothing gives you more freedom than your health. Nothing. Yeah. I don't care how much effing money you have. Steve Jobs had more money than most people will ever dream of having. And I will tell you that he was not free uh, because he didn't understand that his wellness was his freedom and that finances should assist you in that non-negotiable and priority. How do you integrate mental, physical, and spiritual wellness into financial wellness? Because we're talking about investing in ourselves not investing in real estate stock or crypto. We're talking about the major investment that provides, as you said, uh, more of that uh, compound interest of life called wellness. You know, thank you for that, David. And um, I'm gonna tell a quick story about myself. As I've, as I've climbed the wall of semi-scale, you know, we've had some really good success over the last two years. I myself had gained 40, 50 pounds. I'm at a weight you know, my highest weight I was at was at 285. I'm now down to 260 and I hired a, a per, not a trainer, but a personal health coach. Because for me into 2023, if you look at the tripartite division or three-legged stool of, of health, wealth, and spirituality, the health side of it is something that I need to take serious yesterday. And, and what I noticed on the business side, being in versus on the business, and I'm trying to fire the hustler and hire the CEO in me, right? At the end of the day, I realized that certain things or certain blind spots that were happening to me in business was because of my health. And that's my next step. And what I'm investing in right now, um, I continue to evolve and, and be the best version of myself that I could be. Why, why, why be successful if, if I'm going to have diabetes or heart attack or if I'm gonna have a stroke and, and, or why get a level of success and all of a sudden because I get an injury due to, due to, due to my, my physical stature, you know, the way I physically am right now and be set back for six months, because that could happen. Why not stay ahead of that now and just be radically honest with myself about my, you know, sometimes that I eat, whether I'm happy, sad, successful or not, and, and really begin to make that change. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm working on going into 2023 right now as I double down. Yeah, they love it here. I love it too. And it's so much, uh, it's so good to hear because I would always put my finance and family before my own health, yep. before investing in my own self. And what I realized, if you do that, you'll never get to your health because everybody wants to make money and have time with their family over jogging or working out or eating right. Yep. And uh, we have to reverse that paradigm for everyone in the world understand that if you want to have more money and more family time uh then you got to be healthy so congratulations rod for that epiphany i also have a sleep coach by the way uh on that matter too besides the health coach 
uh, at Optimal Health. Uh, somebody's on top of, you know, what I'm doing to make sure that I'm going to not only be here for a long time, but he be here with quality time for a long time. Keep investing in yourself. If you want to learn more about banking on yourself, there's no better guide, no better mentor than I know. My mentor of banking on myself is Rob Gill, and he's the CEO of Epic Financial Strategies. And just, he's very available, very acceptable. I'm really enjoying your videos as well, my friend. So keep up the great work. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, David. See you, brother. Awesome. So yeah, there is uh, a difference between that investment and uh, expense. And uh, I think it's time that uh, we do that inventory and see exactly, is this an expense? You know, do I really need a $2,500 a month car uh, payment compared to, uh, is this an investment of $2,500 into something that's going to yield uh, a greater gain for me or others. And uh, investing in others is also investing in yourself, which is what we'll get to next. There we are. Nick Cavuto, how are you? Good, man. How are you, David? Good to see you, brother. It's great to see you both. <laughs> we were talking about investing in self, and uh, both you, myself, and Rob have gone through a transformation, and it occurred with that investment that we made in ourselves. And I used to talk about my number one relationship was with my wife. And uh, what I realized was no matter who my primary relationship was with, uh, it didn't matter unless I had a healthy relationship or investment in myself. And you believe these relationships are rocket ships. Uh, <laughs> you know, how have you transformed to understand the most important relationship in your life? And how is that a rocket ship? Yeah, well, you know, I think the first thing has to do with a lot of having clarity. I mean, that's a big thing in my life is, you know, the good book says to some people they were given one talent and to others they were given five. And, and so it's this obvious recognition of like, what innate giftings, you know, was I born with? And as an individual, how am I going to leverage those for the greater good of people? And so there's this personal responsibility conversation that has to happen first of looking for that clarity and getting the cloud of confusion out of the way and saying like, what can I be clear on? Because when I can be clear, here's the kicker you can be committed and you can be intensely committed to not only yourself and to your source, but also to the people that are around you in your life, like your spouse and like your kids and like your community and like your, your power sponsors and your friends and the people around you. So that's just been my world is focusing on clarity, commitment, and of course, having the courage to do it scared and get out there and make your greatest contribution in the world. So personal responsibility and commitment have been the name of the game for me. And you mentioned something, the name of the game, right? And one of the things that I had to learn uh, was to not take myself so seriously and to not allow the ego or fear-based consciousness in order to interfere uh, with the way that I'm playing my game. Uh, and I see so many people get in their own way by giving the meaning to the past, uh, which is not uh, aligned with uh, this game and what they're looking for. They can't even tell you what the game is or what winning a game would be. You know, there is a fierce game called life. And number one, how do you give or share the perspective that it is only a game that, you know, don't take yourself so seriously? And two, how do you figure out how to play the game well? Yeah, well, you know, kids have a wonderful way of helping you realize that uh, life 
is uh, is a moment to be cherished and not and not a game to have to be won all the time. <laughs> As a competitor myself, you know, I've learned that with my kiddos. It's like they bring uh, brevity and levity to the to the conversation. I think in a unique way. And so, for me, it's just understanding that I've already won. I know it sounds I know it sounds crazy, but there's a little promise that I have that I believe has come from my creator and saying, you've already won, man. There's nothing to prove. There's nothing to defend. And when you carry that and you embody that, that form of self-love, I think it gives you, uh, you know, an ability to stop focusing on who's in front of you or behind you and it allows you to be unbelievably present so that you can do your greatest work. And, um, and, and it's a lot of self-introspection as well. Like I've learned about me, play and rest is where I'm actually the most profitable. And it sounds, again, very interesting. It's like this upside down world, but that's actually what I know true to me and it's tested and proven. And I've learned it from my mentors and I've learned it from the people around me. So it doesn't mean that I'm irresponsible, right? Faith without works is dead, but I believe that I've been created for a reason. I know what that reason is because I've done the inner work to figure out, hey, what are the personal responsibilities I need to carry in my life? And certainly, I've done over 100 therapy sessions in a year. I mean, most people can't say that to go to the inner game of like what's going on inside. But when you have that knowledge, you have that understanding about who you are and why you're here, my goodness, life just becomes an experience and not something to be won or lost, but lessons learned. And I think lives impacted and changed. So that's my story, man. I'm sticking to it. I love your story. <laughs> and, you know, the theme for today is investing in yourself. Um, and understanding self relative to everything else. But you also brought in another component of self, and that's faith. And I don't like to separate faith from people, meaning that everyone has a religious perspective of faith, a spiritual, a philosophical, a theoretical, a pragmatic, a mathematical, a scientific uh, explanation or meaning of faith. And I'm cool with it. Uh, and for me, it's a really big transition uh, because it was funny when I was younger, I told my mom, in essence, I believed I didn't have faith, meaning I told her I didn't believe in God. And my mom said, oh, you believe in God. You're serving the wrong God. You have lots of faith. You, you're just, you have faith in the wrong things, just like money, right? Money doesn't buy happiness or love. You're just shopping for the wrong things. Money's important. Uh, because if you shop for the right things with your money, you're going to be really happy. But even more than the energy of money is our energy of love, light, and lessons, faith. And when we shop for the right things with our faith, it's even more powerful than shopping with money. <laughs> and because uh, the bank account of uh, faith is uh, infinite and unlimited and abundant, where uh, the, the bank account of, of shopping with money uh, does have a, a limit in the pragmatic world. Um, and so for you, you've mentioned many different nuances of faith just in the few minutes that we've had here in investing in yourself. How can we use our faith to invest in ourselves? Yeah, well, I think it, it all boils down to what you believe in. And uh, I had a mentor, his name's David James Lees. He's from Wales in the UK. And he was 45 years a psychologist, and now he's a Taoist monk. And he told me something really, really powerful. He said, you know, Nick, the experiences in your life are going to be fueled. These are the human experiences in life that are fueled by this beautiful understanding of truly the events that happen, the beliefs that we carry, and then the emotions that we have following the belief, right? So there's this little equation. So when he said, Nick, I don't believe in God, but if you believe in God and it gives you a green light feeling, 
it gives you that experience, that experience of being filled and that experience of like having that happy experience, then okay, then that's fine to go with it. You know, like our belief systems can change over time. Like I was a you know, pastor's kid who was raised by, you know, a guy who, you know, was a drug dealer who found Jesus. I mean, like, so that transformed my father's life. And then for me, you know, I have a lot of beliefs about a lot of things and how they work. And so I think it's, it's all about conviction, David. It's about fuel. When you're clear, you can be committed. When you're committed, you can have courage. But when you have courage, guess what? You gotta believe for the impossible, just like Indiana Jones stepping on that first invisible brick. You know, it's like the bridge of belief in life is like one of the very last steps we have to take when it comes to having a deep conviction about who we are, what we're doing, why we're here. And that's how you make a unique contribution in the world. Without conviction, it's like going and doing things, but not really having a big enough reason of why, which is the final step in the five daily practices. You apply it like deodorant every day, right? <laughs> so that's the concept is like, I started figuring out my sense of conviction, my sense of why had a lot more to do with what I was clear about, what I knew that I wanted, and then driving down the pathways that you've taught me to get to a place of deep conviction. I think having deep conviction in life, having that fire that's in your belly is where actually the the things that you want and the things that you have can agree. And when those things can agree, my goodness, that's an unstoppable person. And I've noticed it in my life, that's where life really truly starts to expand. So I believe you with 100% certainty, man. I did a meditation the other day, I went on a little walk with God and I'm like, dang, that's $100 billion in my bank account that's in that ethos, right? That's in that dimension. My goodness, what opportunity abundance do we have to do our greatest work? So dude, I am, jazzed and pumped now i'm ready to run through a wall man let's go let's go <laughs> that conviction is uh it, uh it is reconciled with happiness and the ability to enjoy the consistent everyday persistent without quit pursuit of your truth your potential your love your light your lessons knowing that we need to identify uh not what we're looking for or to but we're looking through what already exists by understanding what are we doing to interfere uh, with what's already been given us and the miracles uh, become omnipresent uh, with the holidays around us. And if we seek that omnipresent, abundant, uh, unbelievable light, lessons and love in whatever religious, theoretical, philosophical, uh, spiritual aspect that you bring to it, but if it brings you the enjoyment of the consistent everyday, persistent without quit pursuit of your truth, you will be fulfilled, you will be passionate, you will be purposeful and even profitable, believe it or not. Um, and Nick, you uh, are guiding so many. I know you're gonna have a, a few events, including one uh, coming up this spring uh, in Nashville, I believe. And I'm hoping to take a part of that as well and inviting all of this community down uh, to join us in person uh, to learn how uh, to pursue your potential, to pursue your truth. Uh, Nick, where can people reach out to you for the Sherpa that you are in that journey of commitment? Yeah, absolutely, man. So Instagram at Nick Camuto, it's the best spot to find me. My website's nickcamuto.com. And yeah, February 2nd and 3rd, we're gonna be in Nashville. And so I'm so grateful, so excited. It's gonna be an amazing experience for AlignCon 2023. A lot more details on the way coming soon, but I'll just give those who are listening intently, I'll plant that seed right now. So we'll see it come to fruition uh, here in the early spring. So we're so, so pumped. David, as always, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your contribution in my life, but to so many. 
you are a beacon, my friend, and uh, we are so blessed to have you. And uh, I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. So thank you for everything, man. I feel the same way about you, AlignCon. I love that name. And we talk about alignment, the synergy, the synergy, the supplementary uh, values that we have in alignment with the trajectory of what we think we want in the future or better and better comes with the faith that there's something bigger, something bigger that loves us more than our moms love us, that protects and promotes us, not punishes us. Well, friend, you are protecting and promoting so many others. Please join me again. Thanks for coming on Clubhouse on the Breakfast of Champions. Oh, my, my pleasure. Right on. Thank you, brother. All right. I'm bringing on this, all the players. I've known this guy since he was a kid. Uh, and he is the founder of Alexander's Grace. Um, and it is an influencer marketing uh, company with influencing uh, being a key word to me because, welcome, Brad. I, I don't believe in influencers anymore. I don't want to be around influencers. Uh, I think a lot of the influencers are spreading the flu, the dis-ease. Uh, they're standing in front of stuff they don't own, stuff that they rented. They're putting us on a trajectory of interference by spreading the flu. And I'm looking to create a community like you and would even hopefully motivate or inspire you to start saying that you're an influencer marketing leader, uh, putting people in the flow, uh, actually reducing the amount of flu, reducing the disease. You know, I have a statement. You're only one thought away from me. And I want everyone to let that sink in for one second. We talk about planting seeds under trees that you may never sit under. Think about that. You are just one thought away from being at ease. So if you have anxiety, fear, resentment, offense, anger, in, uh, separation, inferiority, superiority, uh, if you have resentment or guilt, any of these diseases, think about when, when you feel that disease. I'm only one thought away from being at ease. And let us help you. Let people like Brad Bergenson, who's here today, teach you how to have that thought and to utilize it to be an influencer, to create a community of people that want to help each other and uh, know people who can help us. And that's really your mission, Brad, is to create this community of influencers, people who want to help each other and people who know people that can help us. Uh, welcome to the Breakfast of Champions. Thanks for having me. And so you, you're a lot younger than me, and, and I've known you since you were literally a kid and just killing it in the gold business and the jewelry business, and you've really made uh, great growth over the years. You know, what do you think about the idea of influencers versus influencers, someone from your age group and your perspective? I mean, I think for me, like up until three years ago, I didn't know what influencer marketing was, to be honest. I, I, I was not in the space because I come from jewelry. And it really just popped up that there were so many big problems in the space on both the influencer side and the brand side. So essentially for us, we had to decide what we were going to attack with technology. Nice. And, what, and how did you attack it? So essentially, we created a free platform. So the influencers get everything from coaching to the free web store, they get an influencer trust score, and they get a guaranteed payment per post to promote a brand or product. But we're not actually going after influencers for this platform. It's for everybody. So be, it doesn't matter how many followers you have, because we're able to group people together, leveraging the score, 
everybody gets paid something for the post. And so the companies that are participating have a very wide spectrum instead of a narrow one. And so if someone has, whether they have 100, 100,000 or 100 million, everybody proportionally gets paid from the brand in order to share whatever solution, product, service there is. Is that correct? Correct. And because the average person has a higher engagement than a typical celebrity or influencer, that's our hypothesis is that the return on investment is going to be much higher for the brands. So to actually have in, and the ability for a brand to even like hyper target for, for local businesses too. Yeah. It's so it's so interesting because when you approach me about the influencer idea and obviously I work with a lot of brands in the space and a lot of billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers who have really big following. Some are real and, and some are fake, yep. uh, but they, they have followings, which is a, a whole nother, you know, realm is, you know, if someone has a hundred to a thousand followers, they're not fake. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was interesting because I started watching my wife because um, she has really great content and, and has no interest at all of being an influencer, has no interest at all. She just like sharing, you know, her daily and her friend's daily activities and, you know, staying in touch, yeah. which is, I think, what Facebook was built to do uh, way long ago is like, hey, let's stay in touch with our college friends, uh, which made sense. Um, but it was interesting as, you know, I grew organically the ambassadorship that, you know, has really grown today. I look at my wife and I always joke around. I'm like, man, I wish I had the engagement that you had. Yeah. Right. Because her, her engagement is, you know, literally almost 100%. Yeah. It's, you know, it's insane. It's insane how you know, regular people have the power and they just don't realize it because they're not by themselves. They don't actually have the reach, right, of a larger influencer, but together, grouped together, they literally have more power. Yeah, I would think the challenge though, in which is the challenge in life is aggregating, you know, the smaller people, right? The, the, the bigger people, uh, I don't think, you know, it's as difficult, you know, there's a process, a procedure, uh, there's a normal course of bureaucracy that is already in existence, same as sports agentry or entertainment. Uh, but no one's ever approached the smaller influencers. And so, you know, how difficult is it to build that community of the smaller audiences that are much more engaged? Yeah, so what we're doing is we're beta testing a local market where we're actually going after college students. Like we, we believe that the college student market is going to be big for us. So we're actually beta testing some pizzerias and local restaurants around College Park to, to prove concept. So for us right now, we're literally just proving concept by giving a brand, like a pizzeria, for example, a free campaign. And, you know, the theme for today is investing in yourself. And the whole premise of your platform is to be able to invest in yourself and have a strategy of investing in yourself. Um, and you're someone, uh, as I have stated, you know, have known you a long time. Mm -hmm. You've shifted that paradigm uh, of investing in yourself uh, physically, spiritually, mentally, in the financial, into the family, into the health. Mm -hmm. um, for you, what was the mindset shift that, I mean, you're in incredible shape, you have a wonderful family life, an extraordinarily successful business, and that wasn't the case when I met you. 
and you know you're on a whole different level you know what were some of the key strategies that you had to invest in yourself where now you're helping so many other people yeah i think that when me met especially i, I already had it all figured out you know when i was in my early 20s and and i quickly figured out that that was that was not the case and <laughs> i don't know i i think that for me humility has been a big part of the journey it's it's been something that i've struggled with and i think through you know just being vulnerable and being coachable and uh, being open to evolving i think that having that humility and, and failing so much as an entrepreneur you know inside of the successes there's so many failures and that is that's really my biggest takeaway is humility truly Wow, it's one that I uh, had to live through, as you know, as well. I just wish I would have gained it before I lost $100 million because of the lack of humility. And I'll tell you a funny story real quick, Brad, because I had someone that had a relationship uh, like we have and knew me in my early 20s. He was my first direct uh, report uh, boss when I started at West Publishing in 1992. And uh, his name's Don Filipovich. And I you know, would put this out there. Uh, publicly as well. Um, but I, especially in that relationship, I knew everything. I thought he was the dumbest, most ridiculous, lost boss in the world. And, you know, if I was in charge, now, meanwhile, remember, this company exited for $3.4 billion. Wow. So either they were extremely stupid and lucky, or they actually may have known more than me. Yeah. Uh, and I benefit from it that. But I, when I uh, lost everything and started a different trajectory, a different journey, I actually found him and called him up and said, uh, you know, hey, I just want to tell you I'm sorry uh, because, you know, I did not give you uh, the deference and understanding uh, and love for what you were trying to teach me yeah. that I wasn't ready to learn. And I just want to thank you because although, uh, you know, we both prospered from the opportunity extremely well, that the seeds you planted in me when I needed them have grown incredible trees that now drop seeds on people like Brad Bergenson, on people that, you know, are involved in Alexander's Grace, these young people uh, that, uh, you know, absolutely will change uh, the way we look at things and change the world because of it. And I want to thank you for making that investment in yourself to continue you. to grow and excel. Everyone out there, no matter who you are, you should be reaching out to Alexander's Grace. Uh, you could make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun with this new platform that aggregates the biggest names in the world. You know, if you're not a Kardashian, just join them and uh, use your hyper engagement to profit off of their Bud Light. Uh, it's an extraordinary business model. I guarantee you over the next 10 years, uh, people are going to be trying to follow uh, the incredible entrepreneur, Brad Bergenson. Usually I got double M's, but we got the double B today. Brad Bergenson, check him out. Uh, if you want to sign up uh, for the beta or want to get on the wait list, um, Brad, where can people join you? They can go to alexandersgrace.com. Uh, any questions, they can you know DM me on Instagram or email me at brad at alexandersgrace.com. Awesome. Thank you for empowering the little guys and girls out there. Brad thanks, Bergenson, thanks for joining me. Take care. Appreciate it.